Hello, welcome to a What's Brewing at the AEO podcast. I'm Ethan Wasserman, a Moorhead academic coach at the Office for Accessibility and Educational Opportunity here at Vassar College. What's Brewing at the AEO? Today I'm going to be doing a quick introduction to Universal Design for Learning, a wonderful and vast concept that can be beneficial for everyone. You might have heard of universal design before, but not universal design learning. First, I will talk about universal design, how it connects, and how it is different from UDL. Then I will give you an introduction to the three main ideas behind UDL, with practical examples of each. UDL is all about creating a learning environment and helping you become a stronger learner, so I will talk about the importance of understanding yourselves as a learner. One of the main sources for the information I'm sharing today is a book by Thomas J. Tobin and Christian T. Belling called Reach Everyone, Teach Everyone. Another source, and one of the earliest and largest foundations of UDL, is CAST, an organization located outside of Boston. At the end of this podcast, I will share some additional resources so you can explore UDL and your own learning strengths further. All right, so you might have heard about universal design. But even if you haven't heard of the term, you've experienced it. UD includes constructs like wheelchair ramps and elevators, crosswalks that announce when we can walk, curb cuts, and wider doorways. Universal design is considered to be about accessibility and making physical structures like buildings, walkways, or means of transportation easy to use for people with disabilities. UD is at the root of universal design for learning, or UDL, But it's only a piece of it. Where UD is about accessibility, UDL is about access. Access to learning regardless of the type of learner you are. On any given college campus, there are neurodiverse learners. Neurodiversity is defined as the normal range of differences in individual brain function and behavioral traits that exist within the human population. Not everyone learns the same way, just like not everyone gets around in their environment the same way. A primary principle of UDL is that learning institutions should be providing education to the broadest range of learners. The way you learn should not limit your access to an education. The word universal is important in both universal design and universal design for learning. Although universal design was initially created to help those with physical disabilities, in reality, Anyone can benefit from many of the design elements that are now common practice in our world. Think about riding your bike on the sidewalk and using the curb cuts, or pushing a shopping cart up a ramp to move things into your apartment, for example. The same mindset is desirable for UDL. Some people would argue that UDL is a lot of work just to benefit a small percentage of the student population. But it isn't. It's not just making accommodations for students with disabilities. It's about creating changes that make learning universally available regardless of how you learn. I encourage you to think about this and talk about this with your friends and colleagues. So you see how universal design is both similar and different from UDL, but UD paved the way for UDL to develop. Full disclosure, I did write about UDL in my master's thesis in graduate school. And during that time, I was completely won over by some research put forth by two Canadian educators, Maureen Weidman and Carrie Kumar.
Now, I want to go into more detail about these three concepts that make up universal design for learning. They are multiple means of expression, multiple means of representation, and multiple means of engagement. These concepts can be easily implemented into any type of learning environment and can improve the experience for everyone. First, let's talk about multiple means of expression. Within a university's neurodiverse student population, there are a plethora of preferred learning styles, each equally valid. Multiple means of expression is an attempt to take advantage of this fact to promote learning. Wideman and Kumar stated that the idea of multiple means of expression is to allow students multiple means of expressing their understanding or viewpoint. When a student is able to take charge of how they decide to express their knowledge and understanding, they are more invested in their learning. In a chemistry class, for example, a quiz could give students a choice providing a labeled diagram or a text-only response, or maybe both. In a humanities class, a student could have a choice to complete an assignment as a written report, a poster presentation, or presentation slides. This method allows students to work with their strengths. A person like me, with writing-related learning disabilities, would be able to create a presentation, and a student with some anxiety and public speaking anxiety could choose to write a report. In allowing multiple means of expression, the goal becomes for the student to be able to demonstrate what they have learned in the format that allows them to best do so, rather than in only one way chosen by the professor. Where multiple means of expression is about how students show what they know, multiple means of representation is about how professors ensuring that their course material is learned, regardless of learning styles. There are many ways that teachers can share material so it can be interpreted using the best learning channel for a given student. Examples of this would be course materials presented in multiple formats, including PowerPoint presentations, study guides, outlines, discussion forums available in LMSs like how Vassar has Moodle. Multiple means of representation also applies to showing students how their work will be assessed by providing different samples of rubrics and formats for assignments. I watched a webinar by one of the authors of the book recently. She and her colleagues discussed multiple means of engagement, which she identified as the why of learning. Multiple means of engagement allows for students to get involved in creative ways with the professors, the classroom, and the course materials. The way students can be engaged with their classroom has changed vastly over the pandemic. Specifically, needing students to be engaged online required much flexibility and creativity. Examples of means of engagement developed and are utilized significantly during the past year are asynchronous classes, recorded lectures, and meeting with your professors online. Using multiple means of expression, representation, and engagement allows professors to reach a neurodiverse classroom and gives all students equal opportunity to learn. While the idea of UDL is becoming more widely known, there is still a long way to go before the ideas are accepted and implemented in all learning communities. We at the AEO want to do our part to encourage the use of UDL at Vassar. That said, in my opinion, 
A common theme between the three concepts discussed is that it puts the choices in the hands of a student. As a student, it is important for you to try and understand how you best learn and communicate what you know. First, you can reflect on your past experiences in the classroom and your study habits. Do you remember lectures after you hear them? Or do you have to take notes and go back to them? Do you like to have PowerPoint slides to refer to? Do you do better on essay tests or multiple choice? When given a choice, would you rather write a paper or do a presentation? There are also assessments you can find online that may help you identify your learning style. If you have ever had a formal assessment by a school psychologist, read the report and see what it says about you. Knowing this information about yourself and being able to express that to a professor could be invaluable in maximizing your learning experience. So, this was my introduction into the topic of universal design for learning. I hope you enjoyed it. Today we talked about definitions of UD and UDL, how they connect, and how they're different. I explained and shared some examples of the three main principles of universal design for learning, multiple means of expression, representation, and engagement. I especially want to reemphasize the importance of finding out what kind of learner you are. Some resources to check out for more on UDL start with the book I referenced today, Reach Everyone, Teach Everyone by Thomas J. Tobin and Christian T. Belling. I also refer you again to the website cast.org, which is the website for the organization CAST, which used to be known as Center for Applied Special Tech, but now it's just called CAST. They're an agency whose mission is to transform education and practice until learning has no limits, and they're at the very center of universal design learning. If you are interested in learning more about learning preferences slash styles, check out our YouTube channel, Vassar College AEO. Thank you for listening.